0: Welcome aboard! We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime! Ready when you are, CB! Action! Welcome to Monorail Radio episode number 218. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are here this week to talk about Rise, the biopic about the Antetokounmpo family. Specifically, the three brothers that are currently playing in the NBA. This was a film that went straight to Disney Plus in 2022 as we are catching up this week or this month, I should say, on the films from 2022. This was one that was very high on my list, but I was holding it because I knew I wanted to watch it and immediately review it for Monoreal Radio.
1: Admittedly, I didn't know too much about this one, but I really didn't want to revisit Love and Thunder again. Fair enough.
0: (laughs) I remember when they announced this on investor day. Um, and we had talked about that a couple of years ago when they had all of those, um, all of those announcements. And for some reason I had just assumed that it was going to be more like documentary style. Like they were going to follow him around and like tie it into the ESPN brand. So when I found out that they were doing a biopic, I was actually sort of intrigued because admittedly I did not know much of their story.
1: Neither did I. And I really didn't know too much about the film at all as far as stylistically how it was going to be, whether it was going to be more biopic or I mean, I wasn't expecting like cool runnings for basketball. Right. But um, for me, it was really refreshing to go in on a complete blind, not knowing anything about it because, you know, just working in television and. For what we do with the show, I'm so immersed in film all the time. It's always nice when I can kind of go in not knowing anything with just a completely open mind. Actually, there's a funny story about that. I'm going to throw you under the bus for once. Oh, the best instance I have of going into a film on a complete blind was when we were watching Room
0: oh with my Brie God. Larson.
1: Oh, And I knew what it was about. I knew it was adapted from a book. And we're watching the opening scene, and Sean looks at me, and he's like, I understand live within your means, but can't she at least get this kid a birthday candle? And I was like, dude, they're being held captive.
0: I had no idea that that's what the film was about. (laughs) Not at all. Although, I think, even without knowing a ton about the Tacumbo family, we knew that somehow the NBA was going to be involved. How do they get to the NBA? Does the story warrant a biopic... How does this stack up against other sports films that Disney has made? That, on top of many other things, is what we are here to discuss today.
1: This episode is sponsored by Lost Weekend Co-Planners for Dreamers and Doers. These subtle Disney Day planners are inspired by Walt's creation of Disneyland and are designed to remind you of what can happen when one person fearlessly pursues their dreams. The 12-month planner contains annual goal-setting pages, monthly setup pages and habit trackers, plus a calendar view with inclusive holidays and magical dates in Disney history, weekly scheduling with plenty of space for writing, monthly and quarterly reflections as well as end of the year review pages pixie dusted throughout are quotes from Walt Disney and other dreamers the planner has a beautiful fabric cover that will fit any decor and is made with sustainability in mind from thick FSC certified recycled paper and it comes in a keepsake box to hold park maps tickets and your favorite Disney memories at the time of this recording there are limited quantities of 2023 planners available so head over to lostweekendco.com to order yours now or sign up for the newsletter to see all of the new products Lost Week and Co. will be launching this year.
0: Nigeria, 1990. Charles and Veronica Antetokounmpo leave their son Francis with a neighbor while they flee to Greece to live a better life. In Istanbul in 1991, immigration invades the apartment that they are staying in, forcing them to flee again before reaching Greece. Due to political unrest and their inability to obtain visas due to their immigration status, they remain in hiding and on high alert. They have four more sons, Giannis. Yanis, Costos, and Alejandros, and continue to struggle getting visas due to Charles being unable to ob- uh, obtain steady work due to his visa status, meaning that the threat of deportation is always present. And this kind of goes round and round the whole film. Charles works odd jobs while Veronica and the boys sell hats and sunglasses to make ends meet, which also becomes a struggle as immigration continues to find them as they're trying to sell these goods. Charles initially teaches the boys soccer, but one day Phanesis uh, and Gia- and uh, Giannis play basketball and get invited to play in a free youth league in, oh, I'm going to butcher this one. Uh, <laughs> Philathetikos. Oh, I-, I almost called it a taquito. Philothetikos Philathetikos. That's the most Greek I'm ever going to get. They meet Takis Zivas. Uh, a coach who allows them to play despite not having permission from their parents. Although initially hesitant to let the boys play and expose them to deportation, Charles and, Vera, as she's also known, sign their permission slips. And by 2007, Thanasis is a star while Giannis starts to hone his game. Thanasis is offered an advance to sign on with a men's team in Athens while he and Giannis trade shoes during practice. However, when they try to cash the check, it bounces because the team learned of their immigration status. And a lot of teams are hesitant to sign them because of this risk because they can be si- uh, fined. One day Giannis asks why they left Francis behind and Vera tells him that Francis was too young to endure the journey and the danger. We also learn that Charles is a former pro soccer player and he gifts... Thanasis and Giannis, each with a pair of Air Jordans due to their hard work. Both boys end up on the radar of pro teams, but the immigration status continues to burden them and their futures. In 2011, Thanasis suffers a severe ankle injury, shifting all of the scouts' focus onto Giannis, who has blossomed into a star and a leader. Despite the risks due to his status, Harris Elith... Boy, another one I'm going to butcher. Harris Elitherew... Uh, becomes Giannis's agent and works to get him signed professionally. Most teams avoid signing him except for a team in Spain who is willing to sign him and grant him citizenship, but Giannis wants the entire family brought over, which the team refuses to do. Super Scout Paco, who had previously rejected the boys, offers money and citizenship, but that means dropping Harris, but the family won't sign with him as they don't trust him due to their previous interactions with him. Harris arrives and tells them that Giannis becomes eligible for the NBA draft when he signs with the team in Spain, and if he gets picked, the entire family will go to the United States. However, if he is not picked, he will go to Spain alone. They go to New York City, where they start to meet with scouts from the NBA, as well as... Uh, Take on a meeting with Nike who does have interest in Giannis and his story after he tells them that he used to share share shoes with his brother. There's also a rumor going around the draft floor that he's not good enough to play in the NBA and he may not be drafted forcing him to go to Spain alone. However, after all of that, he becomes the 15th pick in the NBA draft, and he goes to the Milwaukee Bucks. We then learn that they are eventually reunited with Francis. However, very sadly, Charles passes away before seeing any of his sons become NBA champions, and they are the first trio of brothers to win titles in the NBA. Um. All right, so... A lot going on here. It's a biopic. Incredible story. It is It is an incredible story.
1: I mean, right away, like I said, I didn't know anything going into it, but you could see where anyone, not just Disney, would want to take this on and share the story.
0: Yeah. Um, and Giannis Tacumbo has his money behind this. Yes, so that's... he does
1: have uh, executive producer credit. So
0: he's got his money behind it, which on the surface, tells you that it's going to be a very close retelling of what actually happened. My understanding of the research that I did do is that this is incredibly accurate, which has been a critique of mine, not just for Disney, but sports films in general. I have said on this show so many times that if you're going to make a story based on a true story, then tell the story because you felt that it was interesting enough. How often do you see a story that gets told based on a true story and they end up fabricating most of it or they change the timeline, they'll take a five-year period and crunch it into like a five-month period to make a more interesting story, looking at you, Invincible, looking at you, Remember the Titans. But some stick very true to the source material. Miracle does that. Cool Runnings, for the most part, does that. So I was really excited to hear that this film does very much the same thing.
1: No, and I I think tonally you feel that because the stakes are so very high because this family is constantly at risk of, of being torn apart. And you definitely get the drama from that. So Lord knows you don't need to add anything to it. But as far as watching a movie goes, you don't necessarily get that high-low, that rise and fall of the action and the drama because they did stick so close to that middle ground of what's really happening. They didn't need to embellish anything. So I think you do lose a little bit of that tension... But not in a bad way.
0: Not at all. Walt is finally done with his snack. So, yes,
1: apologies.
0: So we can really start getting into this now. Uh, did you enjoy your munchins and crunchins, Gergie? Um, All right. Fast <laughs> pace from the beginning. Edge of your seat from the very beginning. The first five minutes of this film are incredibly well done.
1: They really are. Uh, Although the first few shots are sort of misleading because again, not knowing anything going in here, I thought that this was Giannis being given away. And the story was that he was going to later have all this success in his basketball career, which is what was going to bring the family back together. I had no idea that there was another brother and that this was the decision that his parents had to make uh, from, from the very beginning. Um, And I like that they carry that thread and how deeply it affects them through the rest of the film. I also really love the choice uh, that they shot it documentary style because it's a flashback. Yes. Uh, So it really puts you in the seat with his parents. With Charles and Veronica, I should say.
0: Yeah. Really well done tugs at your heartstrings, and they don't need to, you know, I hate to say it, but they don't waste a lot of time with backstory. You obviously know right away what this family is going through. You see it. Um, It's well shot. It's well acted. Like I said, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. So they they don't have to spend a lot of time before introducing you to the rest of the family, which really, in, in conjunction with the struggle the story is about these three brothers. Giannis and Thanos, you know, really uh, are, are kind of the, at the top of that when it comes to who you see as quote-unquote characters in the story. But it wastes no time getting to their introductions, including Baby in a Day. <laughs> you get Baby in a Day, um, which we'll talk about in a minute here. But I, I do like the fact that they... They do such a good job because it doesn't feel rushed. You know exactly what this family is going through before you even get the opening title card.
1: Right. And then they do put you immediately into the action with the escape from Istanbul, which I was not expecting. Again, know nothing about it. I had no idea that that's where we were starting this film. I had no idea what his parents went through. And, And now coming off of giving a child away... It, it's just unfathomable what they were going through. Uh, but they were so prepared and so smart uh, in the way that they were ready to just get out on
0: a moment's notice. It's, it's amazing what they did. It's amazing and it's also very sad that that's how, I mean, think about it. Like you're watching this and you go, oh my God, how smart are they? How, you know, that they knew to get out. But could you, I could not imagine that's your, you have to be ready at a moment's notice. That is your everyday.
1: And it's almost like, I I mean, some might call it chance, some might call it fate. They were on the top floor of that hotel just by virtue of of having enough notice to hear immigration burst through the doors and hear everyone else screaming. Uh, They weren't asleep, but they knew what was going on. And just by virtue of being on that top floor, they had enough time to react, whereas others didn't.
0: For sure. Um, Okay, let's talk about Baby in a Day.
1: Let's. Uh, This is nothing short of amazing. As if this poor woman has not been through enough already, Veronica is out working. She's selling sunglasses. And she goes into labor with Giannis. So she's practically got to crawl over to her neighbor to ask them to watch the Gnosis. While she takes herself on a bus to the hospital. She delivers the baby and then they send her home that same day.
0: L- literally that afternoon.
1: It, it It's unreal. I, I do not know where she found
0: the strength. And then Charles comes home to the biggest surprise he's ever had.
1: Right. Well, that's the other thing. She's got to do this all by herself because he's been at work all day.
0: Yeah, it's... It's wild. Wild that he comes home and there's just a baby sitting in the crib.
1: Also kind of wild that he didn't notice that she was no longer pregnant and that there is a baby in the room. Uh, but tonally, this is where the movie shifts because once Giannis is born, the colors get so much brighter. I mean, it's it's noticeable because you're going from the Escape from Miss on Bull at night And then they cut to Veronica working that day. But that's done very intentionally because this is the day that he's going to be born. And he is the bright light in this family that's going to get them out of this situation.
0: For sure. The next scene is crazy, too, because they go back to the immigration office and Charles and Veronica are trying to get their visas but they can't get visas because they don't have payroll jobs. And they can't get payroll jobs because they don't have visas. And around and around they go. And this is something that happens throughout the entire film. But there was a moment that you almost get a chill. And they're talking to the woman in the immigration office. Um, you know, she does, I guess, administrative to actually grant them the visas. And she just looks at them and says, stay hidden. And walks away. It's a very chilling moment that I think goes... I think if you're watching this movie, it's probably one of the moments that's going to go ignored because of everything else that you're focused on, especially if you're watching this as a basketball fan. But it's the one thing that both times we watched stuck with me more than anything else.
1: Well, I think she says stay hidden while we get this sorted out. But regardless, it's kind of a kiss off.
0: Yeah, it's basically best of luck.
1: Yeah, this is also where I feel like because they stuck so true to the original story, they downplayed the drama that you would normally get in a fiction or another biopic that's not uh embellishing the story. Right. Um this film is it it's so balanced in that way because the parents are working so hard. You see Charles doing all of these odd jobs so that he can eventually try and get something on a payroll. Uh, And you see Veronica selling the glasses and hats with the kids during the day. But then at night, she's also going to work a night job. So you see how hard that they're working. But that's also juxtaposed against this beautifully decorated apartment and the family wearing very nice clothes. So they don't show how much of a struggle they were really going through other than that the parents are working multiple jobs just to get by. In fact, you really don't even notice that they are in a one-bedroom apartment with four boys until they have the conversation where they're deciding whether or not that they're going to disobey Charles to go join this youth club.
0: Yeah. Um, Something that stuck out to me specifically the last time we watched the movie, not the first time we watched the movie, Um, but the boys have a PlayStation. They don't have much, but they have a PlayStation. But to me, that's that's a really subtle nod to the parents because they have not for themselves, but they will make sure that they at least have for their kids.
1: That's exactly my point, is that they're working hard, but you never see the parents complain and you never see them struggle. Not at all. I mean, it is a struggle, the way that they're working and how how hard that they are working, but you don't feel that they are doing
0: without. Correct. Um, Let's talk about some of the unrest in this film. When they're selling the hats and the sunglasses and everybody's kind of selling trinkets in this park in broad daylight and the police just start wrangling people up in broad daylight and it's wild that they would even expose themselves like that, but it shows the level of desperation. But you see it throughout the whole film. People getting wrangled up and torn away from their parents. At one point, Giannis and Thanny are on a bus and they bust out the window because they don't want they don't want them there. Like the incredible thing about this, and I don't think that this happens if Giannis Ante Tacumbo doesn't have his money behind it, I don't think Disney goes for it the way they went for it in this movie. Um, but I'm glad that they went for it because that's what makes the story kind of awe-inspiring, that through all of this, they kept the disposition that they did and they worked so hard to get there. But it's definitely not what you expect to see when you turn on a Disney film.
1: I agree. Um yeah, that's where you're getting the drama from organically because they do such a good job of showing how much love there is in this family and how hard they're willing to go for each other, but they can never just take a breath and enjoy it because there is always this threat of their family being ripped apart. And and that's where they really do an amazing job of putting the audience in their shoes because you're you're sitting there with a lump in your throat like can can you imagine having that constant weight on your shoulders of of having everything taken away from you
0: yeah it's it's so incredibly well done as are the city shots just the shots outside in the city i think are spectacular
1: everything about the cinematography in this film is incredible specifically the basketball shots too. Yes. I mean, it is no coincidence that they chose this beautiful, brightly colored basketball court. Uh, But the way they, they just chose to do some of these shots where, you know, it'll start on the ground and the camera will go all the way over Giannis's head and, and come around to see him making the shot or it's upside down. It's so beautiful. And the way that they balance that out with the soundtrack, too, is really great. A lot of it feels
0: like a music video. It's very well done. It is. I love their instant love for basketball. I love that they that they know that they're kind of going against their father's wishes because Charles teaches them soccer it's all about soccer but to them they're able to translate what they know about soccer into what they've seen when it comes to basketball
1: I wish they had leaned into that a little bit more though because I feel like they jumped so fast into if we can make this work we can really help out our family I feel like you sort of lose that sense of them having a passion for it and they're pursuing it more for practical reasons than they are for love of the game. That's not to say that they don't, but again, this is part of where they did stick to the truth. They kept it very even keel. Here's where I think you embellish it a little bit more. If you're, if you're going to stray a little bit, show them disobeying Charles a little bit more or show them, uh, Studying basketball history more and completely immersing themselves into that life, and you know Charles is maybe trying to get them to go play soccer, and they're like, "Nah, another time, another time." Like, just show that rift widen even more.
0: Yeah, because it basically the way the movie plays out, it looks like they played basketball at the park once, saw a video on uh, on a and said, okay, we're going to be basketball players now. Like, it seems like it all happened in like a three-hour window. Exactly, exactly. I do love the fact that their motivation to improve and become really good is to make money for the family. It's not for themselves. It's never, oh, we can do this and get out. Right. It's we can do this and help mom and dad.
1: And reunite with Francis. That was always a big part of their motivation.
0: Yeah, so the fact that that's where their motivation came from. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense for the family, you know, as you've seen them kind of grow as the movie goes on. Uh, I thought it was just very different and very unique. And that's where, you know, you take you take a real story and you make a movie out of it because it's an interesting enough story on its own where you don't need to embellish it all that much.
1: Right, because they do it with the borrowing sneakers, too, uh, yes. where... Uh, Thanasis and Giannis are switching off I feel like that's where they could have also you know demonstrated a little bit more love of the game and it's like you know we're we're doing this because we're so passionate we don't care what it takes and they're just so matter of fact about it it just comes off as like okay well this is what we need to do to to get to the next level and I feel like that's where they could have maybe ramped up the drama a little bit more
0: for sure, because as this is happening, this is one of like the lower points of the movie, for a lack of better term. You have a lot of heavy scenes. Um, this is kind of one of them because they're getting laughed at for trading the shoes. You obviously know that it's it's very difficult for them, but you also get a scene where Veronica is on a Skype call with Francis, and he's telling her, "Why are you always crying? Don't be crying. Don't cry." And she just is like, I I can't help it. Um, I think that was one of her most powerful scenes in the movie. I don't think it was her most powerful. That one comes up soon, but I thought that was one of her better scenes in the film.
1: Yeah. I was going to save this for when we talk about the cast, but I think now is a fair time to bring it up. Uh, she was the biggest snub of award season. I'm glad you brought that up. Her I performance was the same thing. in particular. I mean, th- this whole cast was incredible. Um, particularly in the scene where they're, they're window shopping. I truly buy them as a family. Like clearly they were so bonded off scene. I absolutely believed them. Um, but I feel like they didn't nearly get recognized enough for their performances, but Veronica, especially, I thought she was incredible, and she so grounds this entire film. Um, I think the scene that you're referencing, because for me, it was the one in the kitchen where yep, that's what. I, yep, her and Charles fall asleep on the couch, and um, this is after Thanasis was that's it. They went shopping because he got the check. And he then got the check
0: uh, bounced, right? Yes.
1: He got picked from the youth club for a pro team and they gave him an advanced check. So, you know, they're they're in town, they're shopping, uh, they go to cash it and the check doesn't clear and the offer we learn is rescinded because of their undocumented status. So this is weighing heavily on Giannis, even though It's not his career that was affected. Well, in a way it is, though, because this is when he really starts taking everything much more seriously. He starts practicing harder and really honing in on where his focus needs to be. Because Thanasis is his older brother. I think he just thought Thanasis was going to be first and he would sort of follow in his footsteps. And it's almost like the Gnosis has to be the guinea pig. Right. And you know, then Giannis was going to hone his skills. And then based on what his older brother was doing, the path was sort of going to be laid out for him. Whereas now he real, he realizes that he needs to get it together and he's got to do this for the sake of the family. So, um, you know, he has this scene where he's talking to his mother in the kitchen and the two of them are just so powerful in this scene. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, he just asks her, why did you leave Francis? It's a point blank, why did you leave Francis behind? And she just explains that he was too young, the danger was too much, and they had to do what they had to do. And the goal was always once they got settled in Greece and got visas to go back and retrieve him and bring him from Nigeria to Greece. But all of these years later, they're still on the run. It is her best scene in the film. It probably is the best scene in the entire movie.
1: It's incredible because you can tell that it's killing her to not only have to face the decision on her own, but to now have to... Not that she's trying to justify it to her son, but now that he's old enough and now that so many years have gone by, because you got to figure he's around 15, 16 at this point... And they still have had so many obstacles in their way from reuniting the family. Um, she's got to come to terms with it on her own, but also realize how it's affecting her boys. And again, like I said, it's just such a grounded performance even though it's so emotional and it's it's just an incredible scene but it is also equally important for Giannis's character because like I said this is where he realizes that he can't just wait on Thanasis he's got to do his own thing and it's really going to be up to him to put his family back together
0: yeah I think seeing Charles as a former pro soccer player makes a lot of sense uh, I love the scene where he gives them each a pair of Air Jordans. Knowing that these are not these are expensive shoes. They are not cheap, but he just says you earned them. your hard work, you guys earned them.
1: They showed their commitment. yeah, that this wasn't just gonna be like a passing hobby with them and that they were really invested in it. I love that it demonstrates how Charles is on board and not just the gesture with the shoes, but now he always coached them with soccer. Now he's coaching them with basketball. And, you know, they're breaking in the shoes even though it's pouring rain out. Classic
0: Disney <laughs> training in the rain scene.
1: Invincible much? Oh, yeah. Uh, but it works here because he's in this with them now.
0: Yeah, other than this, I will say this about this movie. the um, The training scenes are not your typical training scenes. They're not your super corny... You're the best around. Eye of the tiger, you know training scenes that you've seen done a thousand times. Even
1: um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of whoop. There it is in D two.
0: Yeah, it's nothing like that. Uh, so they kind of break the mold there, and then you are reintroduced to uh, the, the lovely woman at the immigration office that even after Charles gets a job on payroll, yep. she denies him again because he doesn't have a skilled job because he is, as she says, just the janitor. It, she's horrible. Ouch.
1: Ouch. Yeah, no, That that's a rough scene. And especially this is where they do kind of give you that high low as if it were scripted because now you just got him on board with basketball and we're going to knock this family down a peg again.
0: It's rough. The pace... Okay, let me get your take on this. The pace slows a little bit in the middle of the movie. Um, Do you think that's because it was almost too fast-paced early on?
1: No, I think it has to do with keeping it as true to reality as possible because this is where... Normally, if a film is going to feel like it's starting to drag, they'll they'll start to embellish, they'll punch up the drama, they'll do something else. Um, but I don't want that to be mistaken for this being a weak point in the film because it's not.
0: Right. Well, that's why I wanted to get your take on it because it's not a weak point, but it just feels different. That's the thing. This movie, in totality, feels <clears throat> excuse me very different from a lot of other sports films that we've seen Disney produce in the past.
1: I can tell you that if this were a reality show with six acts, this is the point where we'd be like, okay, let's shuffle some scenes around. Right. But they managed to keep it real without having to do that.
0: Yeah. Which I think is important. Um, We get introduced to Paco. Um, reintroduced to Paco because we've already seen him once he doesn't want to take the boys on because of the risk obviously Um, but he is just so slimy when he comes back around the second time and he sees how good Giannis can be all of these things that he swears he can get them do you think he ever could have really gotten them any of that no No, right he's just trying to get them to sign on with him so that should he get taken in the NBA draft he's just looking to hit pay dirt with this kid Exactly. Um, Yeah, it's rough.
1: But I love how he's juxtaposed against Harris. This is where the film really takes off for me again with the introduction of Harris's character just because he is so likable. But it's the perfect balance for Paco because Harris is so earnest and Giannis is really his first client, the first person that he's taking on. So he's got... I'm not going to say as much to lose because he doesn't have the entire family at stake the way that Giannis does. But I love that he's just ready to go about this totally grassroots and try any avenue that he can to make it work.
0: For sure. Something that this movie does incredibly well, that uh, Miracle did incredibly well, is we're now at the point where you're into your pre-draft meetings with the NBA. We all know Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to get drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. We know that he's going to go on to win a most valuable player. We know he's going to go on to be an NBA champion. We know this. But all of these scenes, the interviews with the scouts, the interview with Nike, the rumors that he may not get picked, they still get to you. And Miracle did this very well. You know what the outcome's going to be. But it still keeps that not in your stomach for the entire third act. I
1: love the Nike meeting once they get to New York. I thought that that was great. Um, I love that the way that they played it, the Nike rep is genuinely interested in the story and you didn't have a bunch of guys in suits going, oh, this is so marketable, we have to get him. Yeah, She genuinely is sitting there like, holding back tears listening to Giannis' story. And he he is crying at this point. Uh, I really like that scene. But as far as the actual draft, I'm going to disagree. I sort of wish it was paced out a bit differently because I didn't get that nail-biting tension that I wanted. I mean, I understand this is not going to be draft day where it's all playing out in real time. Uh,
0: that, I don't care. That movie is ridiculous, but it's so good. Pancakes. I love it.
1: Um, I wish they did stretch time a little bit more so that it would feel like that real time. I mean, it it's different because that's not the story we're telling here. It's not supposed to take place in two hours to draw out that tension, but I feel like they could have played the scene a little bit longer, especially because you do have so many people that are watching this story that you can cut away to. You have the rest of Giannis's family Back in Greece, you have Francis, uh, you have his coach from the youth club, like they're all tuning in on the television. I feel like you could have spent a little bit more time with each of them showing how how they're nervous on his behalf.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think that that's fair. Um, do you have anything else on the film here before we start getting into the cast? Um, I
1: like that they ended with the actual footage, um, because it makes it so much more heartbreaking that even though Charles got to see this dream of his sons making it to the NBA realized, and they got to see their family come back together, uh, there was still so much that he missed out on. He missed Giannis getting the MVP award. Um, he missed out on a lot of their accomplishments and seeing how far they they the three boys actually took this. Uh, so even though the goal of the family being reunited was accomplished, it was just heartbreaking to know how much he missed out on.
0: All right, you want to start talking about the cast here? All right. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Uke Agata. He plays Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, you know, he saw Giannis put out a, a, uh, the, the open casting call. He put it out on social media and responded to it. That's how they found this kid. The, most of the people in this film are relative unknowns, but I think that that works But that's how they found him. He saw a social media post and decided to go for it. He's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. Because he's got that kind of aw shucks humbleness that you love about Giannis Antetokounmpo. But when it comes to the, the really heavy scenes, like the one in the kitchen, he carries them extraordinarily well.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you would get that with a more seasoned actor. I love that they went with, uh, you know, people that didn't have, or actors, I should say, that didn't have like an entire stack of credits under their belt before getting these roles. Um, yeah, he's incredible. I mean, I, I would say that he needs to be because he's going to carry this film and he does, but I feel like who who carries it does shift at different points in the film. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair.
1: But for this, I mean, he is the main character. He did a
0: phenomenal job. Yeah. Raul Agata plays Thanasis, um, and I thought that he was great. The yin and the yang. I love the two older brothers together. I love how he teases him, but I also love how he pushes him. Yes. He did a really good job, I felt, uh, being a good balance to Giannis.
1: And I love that there was never any bitterness once he gets injured. Uh, It's just really a seamless passing of the baton where, you know, he's going to be out for a while and... Giannis started to turn his game around and Thanasis was all too happy to say, all right, take this and run with it. And I'm going to be supporting you every step along the way, even right before they're about to go to the draft, they build that tension again because they have to get a visa so that the boys can travel. And they almost deny Thanasis his visa, but because he's the older brother, he's acting as the guardian and they managed to get him through. And, um, you know, it it's such a subtle performance, but he's got to push down whatever he's feeling about his own career to just go and support his brother.
0: Yeah. Uh Deo Ekeni plays Charles. Um, what a patriarch. Yes. Uh, I mean, he he gives an incredible performance.
1: He really does. Um Patriarch is the perfect word. I I don't even have anything really to elaborate on because he's just
0: so good. Uh, Yetide uh, Bataki plays Veronica. It's nothing against anybody else in the movie because I think they're all so good. She is the star. To me, she is the absolute star of this film.
1: She truly is. She has such a still waters run deep quality about her. Not that she doesn't have a lot of lines or screen time. She does, but this is what I mean by she grounds the performance so much, or she grounds the film so much because she's dealing with all of the emotion of having to give up a child and, she gives her performance that underlying quality of having to deal with this struggle day in and day out. She reminds me a lot of um, Denai Guerrera, the way yeah. that she has that stoic quality because she's been through so much in um, in uh, Black Panther, uh, and just the weight of the Dora Milaje being on her shoulders. That's what Veronica reminds me of
0: for sure. Eliza Shamanki and Jaden Osamua play Alex and Kostas. As odd as it sounds, like, they do a good job as kind of the comic relief. They, as the two younger brothers, when you need the mood lightened, when you need them to kind of be like those mischievous little brothers that'll tease Giannis, they're there and they do a really good job. They They do bring a a bit of lightheartedness to otherwise very heavy subject matter.
1: You need that. You absolutely need that. But I wish that they had a few more lines or maybe just another scene that was more centered around them. Um, Because I feel like you needed, this is a family. Them being torn apart is a stake for everyone. So even though this is not the story of them getting to the NBA, even though eventually Costas will make it, um, they still have the vest, especially being the two youngest boys. What happens if they get separated? Right. Uh, You needed to feel a little bit more from them.
0: For sure. If Themis Childakis plays Harris. And what I love most about Harris is that he's not an agent that cares about his 10%. He's not an agent that cares about getting Giannis the most money. He cares about making sure that this family is not broken apart. He knows that ultimately if this thing goes south, Giannis is going to play professional basketball, but it's going to tear the family apart and he's doing everything in his power to not only get him drafted, but to get him drafted to a team that's going to bring him over immediately.
1: He's he's such a great character, and the portrayal is fantastic. Because it's not just about that he doesn't want that responsibility on his shoulders. He can't stomach the thought of this not working out for the family.
0: It's... I mean, yeah. It's... He carries so much, and... He, we don't have a ton of screen time with him, but he makes the most of the screen time that we do have.
1: I was going to say, I dare say
0: he is a scene stealer. Uh, final thoughts on Rise.
1: Uh, this was a really big surprise for me, not knowing anything going in other than it was the story of the brothers getting into the NBA. Um, it was just such an unexpected ride. I really enjoyed it, even though it is a really heavy film and there's not a ton of it that feels very uplifting until the very end. I still enjoy watching it. It's not like one of those films where you have to be like kind of in a mood to watch a heavier film. Um, And I think that it's certainly worth checking out uh, just as a human interest story. Um, Yeah. Because... It's incredible. And even if you don't like basketball, um, I think that you'll really get a lot out of it, especially for the performances and for the gorgeous cinematography.
0: Yeah, I think that this is a near perfect movie. My only issue with it is, to the point we made earlier, it seems like the boys one day happened to be at a park and decided we're going to be NBA stars or we're going to be basketball stores to make money. Like, you know, for the family. I feel like they could have leaned into that, dragged that out a little bit more. Um, cause it seems like it was an overnight decision. I mean, not even overnight. It seems like it was just this, oh yeah, we could do this. Um,
1: and not in a cocky way either. I, I think that that's part of it too, is they just decide they're going to do it and they do. It's not like they're arrogant and it bites them later on. And
0: then they got to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, incredible story, incredible family. Um, I would implore anybody that's a sports fan, even if you're not a sports fan, if you're looking for a really well-done film that will tug at your heartstrings and it's uplifting, but, you know, it's it has the happy ending, but not in the typical way that a film has a happy ending, um, I think that you should definitely check this out. I think that this is one that flew under the radar. I think it got snubbed left and right, uh, especially for the actors that were in this film, I think they all got snubbed. Um and it's definitely something that I rank high on the list in terms of Disney sports films. And we'll we'll call it like Disney biopic films. So let's call it Miracle uh Remember the Titans, Invincible. This, Invincible. I would I would put this almost as good as Miracle
1: See, I, I look at it a little bit differently because, remember, the Titans and Miracle are about the team. This wasn't about how these brothers took the team to victory, you know? It was their story and their rise to the top. I feel like probably the, the closest comp would be Invincible.
0: And I think that this is—I like Invincible, but I think this is a, this is a better movie.
1: Well, I, I mean, it's just also so different because of what they had to overcome,
0: Right. It's not to say that the story of, an, of you know, Vince Papali wasn't incredible. It was, but not like this. Yeah. Uh, th- this is totally on a different level. Well, we want to know what you have to say about Rise. You can let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio, or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com. News of the week is coming up, but first, a quick break.
1: If you're thinking of taking a Disney trip this year, whether it's Walt Disney World in Florida, Disneyland in California, a Disney cruise, or Ohlani in Hawaii... Get in touch with me for a free quote. I would love to help you plan a trip for you and your family. Or even if you've already booked, reach out. I want to help get you the best deal possible. You can contact me on any of the Monoreal Radio social media outlets or shoot me an email at j.zolezzi, that's Z-O-L-E-Z-Z-I, at MagicalVacationPlanner.com. Hi, this is Kelly from Karma and Kismet, your official monorail news sponsor. And I am very excited to throw it over to Sean and Jackie to talk all about the Disney news. But before I do that, I want to make sure that I share with you guys where you can check out all of my Disney inspired art at karmaandkismetdesigns.com.
0: Don't forget listeners of the show get a 10% discount with the code monorail10 at checkout to see all of Kelly's work and all of her services. It is online at karmaandkismetdesigns.com. That's karma, the letter N, kismetdesigns.com. Oscar nominations are out. It's the most wonderful time of the year. For you, this is your March Madness. It is. It totally is. All right, let's start going through some of the nominees, starting with Academy Award nominee for Best Picture, Avatar, The Way of Water. Yeah. Huh? I'm not surprised. We Okay, so we saw Avatar, The Way of Water, um, and we'll save it for a, our next Dockside chat, I suppose. Pose will talk about it um I liked it more than the first Avatar film and the first film got nominated for best picture so uh that one makes sense to me
1: I definitely think it was superior to the first Avatar but is it a best like that's the thing the first Avatar got that nomination because it was so groundbreaking at the time is this the best movie of the year
0: did Top Gun get a nomination? Because I know it got it. It got nominated at the Golden Globes, and people were talking about it. And I kind of just had to laugh to myself, like, we're going to live in a world. I know uh, post-pandemic and all that, we're going to live in a world where Top Gun is going to get a nomination for Best Picture, as good as that movie was. I
1: mean, honestly, I think this is all a moot point because I think everything, everywhere, all at once is going to get it. Um, Sorry, Steven Spielberg, but... As far as the rest of the category goes, it's like I, I feel like everything, everywhere, all at once is such a shoe in. Like they just let anything in for the re- the other nine nominations in this category. That's, that's also nine nominations.
0: Uh, best Too su- many. Go back to five. Best supporting actress, uh, Angela Bassett. Yes,
1: I mean she's got some stiff competition with Stephanie Sue from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, but you really. Don't ever see an actor or actress get the Golden Globe and then not get the Oscar. It's kind of like once they start racking up the awards in that category at other award shows or for other organizations, it would be a shock if she didn't get this too. And I really hope she does because, I mean, not only was her performance incredible and she absolutely deserves it, but for the Marvel fans she thanks Kevin Feige she thanks Marvel she thanks Disney in every single one of her speeches so far and you never see that I mean it's rare that any actor like they'll they'll thank their team they'll thank their family they'll thank their friends it's very rare that you see them thank the production company and their higher-ups other than you know just throwing a blanket out thanks to the cast and crew so I think for the Marvel fans to see her thank them in an acceptance speech you never see that and that would be really cool
0: Turning Red was nominated for best animated feature I sure is I, I really like this movie a lot
1: I do too, but that's another one with stiff competition. Um Pinocchio Guillermo de, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio on okay. Netflix your face. <laughs> no, not not the Tom Hey. Although I would see where that would get a nomination for best animated because um they couldn't even make a Google Clock reel. Yeah, it was yeah. Anyway, um yeah, no Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio has been taking it in uh at, at every other award ceremony. So I kind of feel like that's the lock for this one.
0: We have two nominated here for Best Visual Effects, Wakanda Forever and Avatar. It's going to go to Avatar. Avatar does deserve it.
1: That's really tough, though, because, and I, I said this when we saw Wakanda Forever, how cool the world building underwater was. And I felt like it should be so much more mind-blowing, but we were so desensitized because by that point we had seen the Avatar trailer 4,000 times.
0: Yeah, well, Wakanda Forever continues to get nominations. Best costume design? Absolutely. Uh, best sound? Uh, Avatar? Way of water? Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't see why not.
1: I mean... I'd have to, I'm not too familiar with the rest of the nominations in the category, but like, just reflecting back on the film, you're doing underwater scenes, you're creating all of these whale noises, I feel like that's, that's hard to do and they did it really well, so it certainly deserves it.
0: Yes, Lift Me Up from Wakanda Forever was nominated for Best Original Song, that's the Rihanna song.
1: Against Lady Gaga.
0: She got it for Top Gun, right? Yes. Uh, production design, Avatar Way of Water.
1: That's interesting. I mean, they really didn't do a lot of practical
0: set builds. So that's that's kind of a tough one. Yeah. Um, best makeup and hairstyling, Wakanda Forever. I think, you know, the thing is, where you get into... The difficulty when it comes to makeup is when you get a lot of these period pieces. Yes. And the same thing is going to come with the costume design. When you start getting into like heavy period pieces, that's the only fly in the ointment when it comes to... Does Wakanda Forever take some of those categories? The
1: production design as well. Yeah. That's where it has really steep competition. I was thinking the same thing is when you do a period piece, it almost always gets it.
0: Yes. Uh best live action short film, Le Pupile. I uh that's that's on Disney Plus. We're gonna have to check that one out. We're gonna have to check that one out. And then best documentary feature film, Fire of Love. That's a Nat Geo that is also streaming on Disney Plus. So Disney had a pretty good day with the Academy so far. Uh, We want to know what you guys have to say about the Academy Awards which ones do you think they're going to win do you think they're a lock for anything you can let us know on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Monoreal Radio or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monoreal Radio don't forget to like subscribe and rate us on your podcast platform of choice I just gave you that social media we are also on TikTok at Monoreal Radio and for links to everything related to the show it is always going to be online at monorealradio.com for Jackie I'm Sean have a magical week everyone